It's good to be here this morning. It's good to see you. It's good to welcome you if you're here for the very first time. And uh, we are excited. You know, I do believe that the, I've, I've sort of said this over the last number of weeks, towards sort of the, just about the end of December and then at the beginning of the, the new year, that I believe that the 20s, the, the, dec- the decade of the 20s, is a decade of opportunity. So please make sure that you take a copy of our annual fellowship meeting report. Uh, come along to our annual fellowship meeting, which is our vision evening, um, in a couple of weeks' time. In, in, in the report, I, I write a little bit about some of the things that I feel God has sort of placed in my heart. And uh, one of the things that I feel that God is saying is... We need, it's a dec- it will be a decade of opportunity. There's going to be challenges in the 20s, but there's going to be an amazing opportunity. To see the opportunity, we're going to need clarity. So I speak, I'll be speaking at RIFM a little bit about how to get hold of spiritual clarity for your life. Okay? So I feel this is a word that God is, is, is like putting in my heart. And um, it's something I will carry over the year is how we have spiritual clarity. Hence, we're starting as a church looking at the prayer course, which is something that's afresh from the 24-7 prayer, the renewed 24-7 prayer movement in the UK that's, that's been birthed afresh by the Holy Spirit. So that's, there's a strategy within that. Clarity. Um, but, um, so, that, 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 that is, uh, so, so opportunity, clarity, and then the third thing that I felt God really put on my heart is legacy. Having a legacy living attitude. We think about a legacy as, as money that you give to the, you can give from your your estate to the future. I'm not just I'm just thinking about that wasn't the main reason I was thinking. Legacy is an attitude of living for today to the best that God can release me in my life, with an eye about tomorrow. The, the age in which we live lives for the moment, and spend spend you know forget future sort of thing. It's, I, I'm being a Painting in broad strokes, so forgive me a bit. I believe in God. The kingdom attitude is a legacy living attitude. So there's three, those three things. So you need to get hold of our, our AFM report together. And uh, if you're a member, it's important to, to come and join. And, and to, um, in, in, so members within the life of, of our church. So we have about 180 people, adults, that would be regularly coming to our church morning and evening. That's a sort of... Pretty rough, rough estimate. About 104 members, people that have come into like, a, 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 not official but public declaration, as it were. And uh, membership is really important. We've, I won't talk about that in detail now. But uh, one of the things that is in our, our, our gathering together is that, that this year is um, a, a voting affirmation year in leadership. So within our working arrangements as a, a local charity, as a church, um, elders um, will see other elders and bring their names before the life of the church, particularly membership, to prayerfully affirm. So there's an opportunity. You don't vote for them, but you have, there's a voting affirmation. So that's a privilege of, of, and responsibility of membership. Uh, if, if we, and as we are about to embark on a major, major project, um, you know, you know, as we, before we sign on the dotted line, as it were, for any sort of mortgage, we'd probably come to our membership and say, look, 
This is, this is what we want to do. You don't, we don't have to do it, but we would do that. It's important. So it's an important aspect of, of life. Uh, and also, uh, members have the opportunity of looking at the detailed financial records. Members also have the opportunity of asking a, any questions regarding the, the, the life of our church as well. Anyone can ask a question about the life of our church, but particularly at our, our AFM meeting with regarding the report. So it, it, it's really, really, I would say, something that's you know, important. And um, yeah, okay, uh, enough said. But make sure you take a copy of the AFM, as Andrew said. And if you're a member, you have a particular extra details and it's so important that you pick them up and uh, we'll pass them on particularly to key people that maybe haven't made it this morning god bless you so shall we turn together Um, we're going to continue this morning in a a series that um, we have started called reset and uh, i'm going to share a few scriptures in a moment or two reset uh, I, I spoke. I introduced last week the, uh, this this series that we're going to look at. It's it's part and parcel of some of the things that I feel God just dropping into my heart, and I am I am truly excited about the decade ahead. For me, the decade ahead will be. Um, it's not my swan song, but um, in, in, within the Elam network of churches, the, this next decade will be um, my point of moving towards ultimately retirement. Yeah. The next decade, in, in 10 years' time. In 10 years' time, uh, I, I, I can officially retire within the Elam Network of Churches. I probably will never retire as such. You never retire. Pastor Michael is speaking, preaching, and putting into people's lives. It's something you don't retire from. But what I'm saying is, there is a danger. When you can see sort of 10 years ahead, you can think. But I don't think, I think that this is now a great opportunity it's, I find it really interesting. I entered, Ellen and I entered ministry in the early ni- 1990, and I feel now that the 20s, you know, when you get into your 20s, the world is your oyster. You can remember that far back. Remember that far back, Margaret Warburton? In your 20s, <laughs> sitting there with your arms crossed looking at me. In the, in the, in the <laughs> oh, I pick on her. She's picked on me in the past, let me tell you. Oh, she's picked on me in the past. I get my own back now and again. It's, it's the license you get after being in a church for about 12 years. But um, in your 20s, it's, it's, it's opportunity. life is your oyster. I feel that the decade of the 20s is going to be something like that. And that Andrew's so right. Pastor Andrew's saying about he feels. It's not because we just feel and talk something up. I just feel God planting in our hearts now. And uh, already I'm speaking to our regional superintendent about some amazing opportunities for our church to impact an impact in the area in our region. It's, it's quite incredible. Decade of opportunity. But for us to see that, we need clarity. And if we're going to get clarity, I've been thinking about reset. Reset is this, to retune, realign our heart and life with the heartbeat of God. There are, comes moments in our lives where we need to, as it were, press the reset button. I, I'm not going to go into detail. I, I introduced this, Why Reset, last week. Have a listen to that online. You can listen for free, um, you know, either through a podcast or, or, or from our website. But um, it's easy to get overloaded in life. It's easy to lose your way. It's, it's, it, we can get knocked off course. Hurt can chip away at your life. And it can, it, we can, you can start so well and be going on as a Christian and, and you know, not even, even in a few months, let alone a few years, find that I can just lose my way a little bit. 
you know, deep down, you do love God. You know, you, 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 you're a church member or a tender. You know, you read your Bible. But, but there's something that where I'm not feeling I'm quite on track. And there is this need to reset. And um, so it's that that I want to talk about as we start this morning. What looks, let's, we're going to be looking at the road or the path to resetting our spiritual life and heart. Realign, retune, whatever you want to, to say uh, with your heart, with, uh, with, with God. And, um, you know, I find this. The things that I hold on to, sometimes in my life, they end up holding on to me. For good and bad. It's not all bad. But some of the things that you and I hold on, they have potential to hold you. There's a saying, certain habits, old habits die hard. There's some things that we hold that have a hold on us. And um, it's, it's that that I want to speak. So this morning I want to speak about the uh, release, the power of release. As part of the road to reset, this is going to be a first message in uh, how we can find uh, realign our heart, renew our heart in the, with the heartbeat of God. And, and so the first thing I want to say is this. That the maybe one step on the road to reset is through release. You know, sometimes in life there are thoughts that I just can't seem to get out of my head, or and, and, and they've got me, and I, I seem to have them. It might be a person, it could be circumstance, uh, perhaps it's a habit, something that's hurt me. I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know. But so of all of those things, I, I wouldn't wouldn't doubt in in a an auditorium packed like, like this this morning, they're gonna, you're going to feel, there's going to be quite a lot of people that feel straight away, that's me. I've got this that's on my mind. I can't seem to let go. There's this person that seems to, there's this upset or, or there's this habit, or whatever it might be. There's something that I'm either holding on and it holds me. And, and I, I, there's a need to release. There's a need to let go. You know, the... Um, the New Testament has a lot to say about letting go and, and, then, and then opening your heart to God. And we haven't got time to look at every scripture, but there's a few. And this is interesting. Cast in 1 Peter 5, it's on the screen there. 1 Peter 5 verse 7, it, it, we, it, Paul says, cast, uh, Peter rather, sorry, not Paul, it's Peter. Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast your anxiety. Let it, you know, throw it. Let it go. All upon God. There's this idea there. You'll see it come up on the screen. Hebrews 12, verse 1. I've, I've missed out some of the, the part of the scripture, but I've picked on the, the, the middle part of this one verse. It says, Paul says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. It says, cast all your anxiety on him. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, one that I will spend a little bit of time on perhaps this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Again, it's on the screen there in front of you. 31 to 32. Listen to the wording again. Listen to what Paul says. Get rid. Uh, Is there something this morning? We need to get, get rid. Look at this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, 
brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ and God forgave you. Cast all the words, uh, just from these few verses, let us throw off, get rid, forgive. These are all releasing words. In, with both Paul and Peter, they, they understand the power of release in the journey in the road to reset, to, in the journey and road to realigning our heart with the heartbeat of God. You, just, you won't be able to escape it. I can't escape. You won't. You and I will not escape uh, this understanding, this attitude, this heart, uh, this, and, and Paul. But and now it's interesting. Paul, we, we look at Ephesians there, and Paul was, he was the one who ill-treated the early believers himself. In the book of Acts, he's the one where they were putting their garments at his feet as they were stoning Stephen. And he would have been, yeah, this is good. He ill-treated. He was the one who ill-treated believers. And then later, when he became a Christian, he was the one who was himself ill-treated, flogged, whipped, imprisoned, beaten. When I say flogged, beaten to, he was bleeding. And ultimately, he was the one probably, um, because he was a Roman citizen, possibly um, beheaded. Um, and so, you know, he's the one who says, release, get rid, of, forgive. Paul, the one who was ill-treated and, and ill-treated, he's probably a man who was filled with guilt. A lot of Bible scholars say that Paul was probably a, a, at some point filled with a bit of guilt towards believers. Possibly the, he talks of a thorn in the flesh. Some people say that might, scholars say that might be guilt-ridden. Maybe you're this morning, you have guilt. You're guilty. You feel guilty for letting someone down in your family. And you, you've got to get rid. You've got to let go. This is what Paul says. So as I say, what um, I have found, what I hold on to often ends up holding on to me. If you hold on to your possessions, your possessions possess you. Ultimately. If, if you really do, if, 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 if ultimately that's all you, you end up, that's all you live for. And, and, then, and then you can't go out the house because you're worried about the house. Someone's going to steal it or whatever it is. It, you know, but it can be like that with a lot of things in life. What we hold on to, if we don't watch out, can end up holding on to us. And so we're called to release, get rid, says Paul. Cast all, you're on God. Um, let us throw off. And, and he goes on to, to use the words forgive, which, which I want to speak about in a moment or two. And so um, I, I, would, I want to say this this morning. In, in my experience, and this is only my limited experience, but it's this. If, if, if you let up, he will never let you down. I, I really feel this. I, I found that wherever I let up, God has never let me down. Never. You know, we talk about letting go, forgiving, throwing off, ridding ourselves of, of, of and it's, it's, easy to, it's easy for me to just to rattle that off. But as I look over my life, in those moments where I've let up, I've released, I've let God. When I say let up, I don't just mean, oh, I'm going to forget about it. You know, I really hate their guts, but I'm going to forget about it. I'll let up. No, that's not letting, letting up is, is, is up, is giving it to God. Every moment where I've let go, 
giving it to, let God, giving it to God, let up, I've ultimately looked and I've never felt let down. God would never let you down. Never let you go. Jesus will will never let you go. Never let you down. He wants us to taste and see how good he really is. And, um, and, and, and that, that I, it brings new and fresh understanding on taste and see that the Lord is good. For me, what is it that's gripping your heart and mind, habit, a person, an outrage? A, a, what, what is it? Well, then let up and you'll experience that God will never let you down. And uh, so, so there's this giving it to God, give, giving my life to God, giving him, not only giving it or whatever it is or that person, that circumstance, the outrage or the pain or, or the habit, but it's the ultimate let up is, is my life into your hands. That's, that, that is it. That's what it's all about. You know, I can only carry things for so far. I don't know about you, but, but I, I, there's a lot of stuff I'm just not able to carry. I, I, and, and it hurts my mind. It hurts my heart. I end up not being able to get to sleep, getting aches and pains, heart conditions, uh, whatever it might be. Because we just can't carry it. So why carry those things that are designed that only God can truly carry? You know, worry won't change it. Perhaps um, you know, the circumstance is out of your hands and my hands. I worry about things, but it's not going to change the situation. It's just going to make me more ill. You know, the circumstances are just, I just don't have the power. There's certain things. I can't change that person. I can't even change what they've done to me. It's out of my circumstance. So, that, so what am I going to do with, with that? And you might be in that predicament right now. It's, it, things can sometimes come beyond my control. Stuff in life happens, and it's beyond your control and my control. And perhaps it's you're in a position right now, and you identify with that, and it's, I just don't understand why. Why is this done? Why has that happened? There's stuff that i just not fully able to carry. You know, human beings, we're made in the image of God. We are incredible. We can do so much, but there's just so much. We're not God's. <laughs> We're created by God. So there's something about the releasing heart, the releasing attitude, the letting go, that that sort of... uh, And so what I would say is that, you know, you and I are called to uh, adopt a releasing attitude. And the the releasing attitude, the releasing heart is the the way, is, is the path, it's the road to to retuning, to resetting, to realigning your heart and my heart with the heartbeat of God. I've spoke in the past about, you know, tightening our fist and releasing our hand. You can see the, the uh, it's come up on screen. But you, you'll, you'll, let me just say this, that this is what, what Paul and Peter were writing about and, and the heartbeat of God is, is, is all about. It's the, the forgiving, giving, releasing heart. You'll notice that uh, if we hold on to things, when the hand is clenched, we hold on to things, they hold on to us. It's as, it's, it's as if it's holding on to us. That, that, that's, that's one of the things. The, the second thing that comes from that is that, that we, we are unable to receive and experience the, the, the release of God's freedom. Because if my hand is, is not opened, it, this is why we open our hands to heaven. A child opens her arms, opens her hands. It's, it's a, Pick me up, I, res- I-, I love you, and then 
receives love. And um, there's something that, that is about the hand that says, oh, I'm not going to forgive them. I'm not, you know, I can't let this go. It's not right. It's not right. I've had many an opportunity to say it's not right, by the way, in my life. I can assure you. And I've not been able to let stuff go. And it's been a tussle. But the opening of the hand... It seems to, to reflect the opening of the heart, the releasing. And so when we're, we're called not to, it said of Jesus that he did not consider, this is interesting, equality, it's in the Philippians chapter 2, equality with God, something to be grasped. That's what the literal translation means. Isn't that interesting? Look at my hands. He didn't grasp, but he released himself and became a slave, unto, in, even unto death opened his hands, opened his heart. And this is the way of life. This is the heartbeat of God. You see, um, the, the clenched hand repels. We're not in a position to receive. But the released hand, that seems to represent the releasing of our heart, it's, it releases us. See, when you let go, that which was, you were holding on to doesn't seem to hold on to you. It's, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a fact. It's a spiritual fact. Not only do we find release, but we're also in a position to receive. My hands are now in a position to receive love, forgiveness, healing, embrace. When I say receive, I mean experience it. We have received it because of his death and resurrection. This is ours. <laughs> it's, it's ours. Because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, love, forgiveness, Hope, healing is for you and I. But sometimes we don't always experience it because I'm still holding on to certain things. And as I let them go, I seem to experience the grace and mercy and forgiving love of Almighty God and a loving Father. So one of the biggest challenges in, in, in life and the living, in the living of a life is, is um, the power of emotional release. Through forgiveness. The power of emotional release and receiving that release is through the power of forgiveness. You know, um, a few people, I came across a few things that people said. Uh, a guy called P.L. Bell said, forgiveness may not change the past, but it does enlarge the future. He's a business executive. Interesting, isn't it? Nelson Mandela, amazing man. I wouldn't maybe agree with everything that he said, but he said this. When a deep injury is done to us, we never heal until we forgive. He spent 27 years in prison. I might not agree with everything that he said and all the things that he did. But interestingly, he said, 27 years. On, on his imprisonment of 27 years, asked about it, he said, I went on a long holiday. It was quite an attitude. I, I, if it was me... I think there's bitterness would creep in, if I'm honest. I'd grab hold of something and want to grab hold of others. My old nature kicking in initially. Amazing. So we're called to release and, you know, adopt this releasing attitude. Um, a man called Jack Hayford said, how I give inevitably impacts how I live and how I view and relate to others. In other words, how I give. He, talks, he, wasn't just talk, he wasn't talking about money necessarily. He was talking about releasing. How I give myself to God, give myself to others. How I release my heart, release my life, release my emotions, release and give my forgiveness. This will have a huge 
impact on how I live and relate to other people. You know, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is the ultimate in letting go and releasing hurt. It's, it's, the, it's, it's writing off an unpayable emotional debt. That's what, that's what the forgiven, forgiving release is. It's writing off a debt. The Lord's Prayer, the older translation, talks about debts, forgiving debtors. Forgive us our debts. It's, it's incredible. And uh, it's, it's about an emotional debt. And uh, forgiveness r- writes it off. Um, it's probably the, it could be considered, some consider the ultimate act of giving, um, of opening our hands. And this is exactly what Jesus did on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. On the cross, Jesus, the debt that we owe, the debt that we owe Almighty God has been paid, released, and he looks upon you as no debt, no debt, no debt, no debt, just loved, just loved, loved. that's, That's the power of forgiveness, the giving, the releasing. And we are called to release as Christ released through the power of his death and resurrection. Not in our own strength, but because of the grace and healing power of God. And that's the sort of attitude, that sort of releasing, giving, opening, casting, uh, ridding of, onto God, giving to God our whole heart and life and, and the giving up of others. So the giving up of a circumstance that is beyond my control, uh, a habit that seems to have gripped me, um, a personality that has hurt me, I'm going to give them to you, God. I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give myself to you. A lady called, we're coming to a close. A lady called Corrie Ten Boom, she survived the Nazi Holocaust. Her family helped um, Jews escape. They hid Jews in their home. And eventually, um, someone told the German authorities, the the, uh, Gestapo, that this family, the Ten Boom fam- uh, uh, um, the family were hiding Jews and, re- and releasing them, give- releasing them from captivity. And she spent time in a Nazi concentration camp, survived it. This is what she had to say. She said, she talked about um, how she'd love to hear uh, bells ringing in, in from churches in her country. And, the, the, you know, oh, bell, bell ringing, you, you pull the rope. Keep the momentum and you pull the rope and uh, ding and you pull the rope, ding. And, and uh, she said, um, there comes a point, you, you've got to, if, if she likened it with forgiveness. She said, there comes a point of letting go of the rope. And initially it doesn't feel too good when you do forgive and you let go and let God. Because there's a little bit of momentum and there's a bit of a ding. Just briefly, until it, the momentum stops and you don't hear that ding anymore. It's a bit like that with forgiveness, she says. If you keep pulling the rope, you just never seem to get free. That guilt comes to your head. I've let my mum down. I've let my dad down. I've let, let that person down. I've let God down. There's, there's a deep guilt inside. Or, or there's, a, there's a habit that, that is, and, uh, or there's a circumstance. We can pull the rope. She says, let go of the rope. I know initially it doesn't seem to feel as if anything's happened. There's a, the initial momentum of that ding. And then that bell just doesn't ring anymore because there's nothing pulling it. It's interesting. Um, So she says, let go of the rope. Release. Let go and let God, as they say. So this morning, as we come to pray, uh, let's let up. 
Is there something, someone, some experience, a person, some circumstance, habit, guilt, pain, worry, anxiety, um, that we need to, you, know, you and I need to let up, let go of the rope. I don't know whichever metaphor you want to, just know that God will never let you down. He'll never let you down. See, when we open our hands, we release. Maybe this morning you now realize through the moments that we've just shared, these 30 minutes, 20 minutes as we're coming to a close, these few moments that we've been sharing together, you realize you need to let go of something. So you realize you're going to need to open the hands and release. As you release, can I just say to you, you shall receive. You will experience that which is already achieved. We've gone from darkness into light, if you're a believer. But we need to sometimes experience that. And we do that by realigning, resetting, retuning our hearts with God for something that has come your way, perhaps, even in the last year or the last number of years. And it's to let go. And as you realize, you release, you're in a position to receive. You will experience his grace, his hope, and his love. And it's all through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's something where the disciples said on the road to Emmaus, were not our hearts strangely warmed? Strangely because they didn't understand or realize that the Holy Spirit was touching them. And so to you and I, you may know and feel that release. Shall we pray? You can ask the worship team to come back. And you're here this morning and you may find now that you're in a position, I'm not going to um, put anyone on the spot or anything like that, but I just do feel... So this morning while we're worshipping, I really felt that there, are, there is a person here this morning and you feel very guilty regarding your mum. I'm not going to ask anyone to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to stand up on your own or anything like that. But if that's you this morning and you have feelings of guilt or memories of guilt that's regarding your mum, then I want you just to release, let go in God. Should we stand together? If we could all stand together, that would be good. We're going to pray. I'm going to invite you just to do something with me. And perhaps if we could just maybe stand, and if you're comfortable with this, open your hands just in front of you, beside you. And as you're opening your hands, you're opening your heart to God. This is a symbol. And we're saying, I realize I need to release. Now, if that's the guilt regarding your mum, just say that in your heart and mind. Not to me to God if it's a habit mention it to God colleague at work or someone even in church who's hurt you release them to God circumstances beyond your control release it to God your whole heart and life and you feel that you're not in the place that you want to be, you've drifted a bit, then just give your heart to God. Release yourself to him. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you see our hearts. The symbol of us opening up our hands is something that we can identify with just for this moment, which says, I'm opening up my heart to you. I want to release. Thank you, Jesus, that you see our hearts more importantly. And as we open them up to you, I pray for individuals, people this morning, all around this auditorium auditorium to receive healing, 
from addiction, from habits. Release. Hope. May they receive hope. May people begin to receive love, forgiveness. May they receive you, Holy Spirit, fresh release of your goodness in their lives. Grace. I thank you that you pour out grace upon grace upon grace and mercy. Let there be a river of grace being released right here, right now, filling hearts and minds, soul and spirit. I pray that it will touch people that aren't even here because we're related to them. There are family members that we're releasing, mums, daughters, um, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, and, and your spirit of grace may reach out to them, even though they might not be here. They might not even believe and trust in you, but we're praying for a release In the name of Jesus, we say, take my heart and my life and let it be consecrated, given back to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together and worship him and seal that which we've prayed and receive his forgiveness, receive his grace and love by the power of his spirit. Amen. So I pray, Father God, that that sense of release, of freedom, the power of your love would go with us as we go from here this morning, wherever we travel, every walk of life and work, every area, We go home now to family, friends, start the working week. We pray, Father God, that we would know the power and release of your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. This morning is the fuel. Our Sunday gather is the fuel for our weekly scatter. As you go from this place, we pray that the fuel of this day may not be just for this moment, but as you scatter, as you go home, you walk in life, you meet that person, that friend or family, that family member, that you will have the fuel of the love of God. Be blessed. God bless you.